this is Alternate Take. I am your host, Danny Rodriguez. Welcome back to the show. On this episode, we went back into the comedy world, man, and it was an absolute blast. We uh, we recently went to go check out uh, Willie Barsena's show on Long Beach down at Harvell's, and uh, it was incredible, man. We had to go uh, because Willie Barsena is a fucking beast, man. He's been on our podcast before, and we had to go out there and support, man. He's an absolute legend. And uh, the guy who opened for him is our guest today, Byron Kennedy. And he was an absolute killer up there, man. He did so goddamn, he did so damn well, dude. I was, I was really impressed. And um, we knew we had to get him on the show. So we asked him afterwards and he, and he, luckily for us, he said yes, dude. And it, it was a hell of a time, wasn't it, JB? Yeah, he's fucking hilarious. Like this dude, I guarantee you he's going to blow up. Like he, I've seen a lot of comedy, at least in the last few years with living with you. And uh, he had me dying, so it was an honor, and it was fun. It was a good time, good combo, and he's uh, he's hilarious. So good pod. Hell yeah, couldn't agree more, man. Without further ado, I bring to you Byron Kennedy. What's going on, dude? What up? <laughs> How's your day going so far? You know, not too bad, man. It's a nice day. Hell nice yeah, Southern California day. Tremendous, man. I got my producer in the building over here, too, man. Say what's up, JB. Hey, Byron. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Trying to get my fucking ear pods connected. I don't know. They were connected, but they're not working on this. This is pornos, dude. They're starting to hack fucking headphones now. They're getting crazy. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Well, alternate take listeners, today we got the legendary comedian Byron Ka- fucking Kennedy. Sorry, sorry, I'm drunk and shit. Byron Kennedy in the building. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. You're drunk already? Where, where are you? Dude, you know, I'm still hungover from yesterday. I'm not going to lie to you, man. We celebrated uh, an engagement in the family. So it was uh, it was beautiful, man. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, and then Vicente Fernandez died, and I'm Mexican, so I'm already emotional and shit. You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> I'd be emotional about someone getting engaged. I think. <laughs> I think I'd be you know, maybe sad for that person. My priorities, yeah, my priorities are a little out of whack. What are you gonna do? Anyways, uh, it's good to have you in the show, man. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I'm I'm glad to be here. I don't even know what the hell we're gonna talk about, though. I, I was like, I wonder if I should have asked him what the hell we're gonna talk about. <laughs> well, it's it's pretty simple, you know. I usually just like to just brag about my guests, so I let them tell their life story essentially. So that's what I'm gonna do with you, man. If you don't mind, um. Let's start from the beginning, man. Tell us, tell us all about Byron Kennedy, man, and where you where you grew up and all that good stuff. Oh shit! I thought you said it was going to be a, a half hour podcast. <laughs> this this is going to take forty eight fucking years. <laughs> we'll do our best. Uh, I grew up in uh, Central Arizona, up in the boonies, uh, where all the fucking where all the poor people live. Um. <laughs> And uh, a little little town called Dewey, Arizona, oh, uh, a couple hours north, maybe like a little over, about an hour and a half north of Phoenix, up by Prescott. Are you familiar with Prescott? Uh, sort of. I'm not. I'm not a big Arizona guy, but I mean, I've only been over a couple times. It's fucking awesome. I got to go back. Oh yeah, Phoenix is great. Phoenix is great. Uh, Dewey, not so much. <laughs> but anyway, I escaped. Uh, went in the army, did that whole thing for a few years. And then, um, I had one real job shortly after the army making airbags. Uh, it was a complete shit job. And then, uh, I always wanted to be on the radio. So I decided to 
go pursue my radio dream because radio was about as close to comedy as I could get without having to stand on a stage and and uh, you know I always wanted to do comedy but it seemed terrifying you know I didn't I didn't have the balls unfortunately I wish I would have started a lot sooner at comedy you know um, so I did radio because you know you could still act like an asshole and uh, you, you you could just imagine in your mind that people were laughing at you you know what i mean you didn't have to actually know if you sucked or not yeah exactly so i did the radio boogie for a few years and uh, worked for cbs radio and uh then i got out of radio and went to work for a music comp uh, record label in nashville tennessee promoting uh country stars or oh, making country stars. Both, I guess. Damn, that's awesome. So, yeah, so I worked for uh, BMG Records, Nashville. Um, broke a few few acts, and that was fun for a while. And But, you know, I just got sick of corporate life, you know, corporate the corporate machine. Um, I wanted out. So uh, I decided to go and not make any money for a while doing uh, telling dick jokes. <laughs> fuck yeah man that's awesome dude that's it's pretty funny how someone that would go to like to the army would would say like i don't have balls to do stand-up it's funny how those those fears are just way different like you can way go different. yeah way different some people would be like that's insane i'd rather go on stage than go into a war zone but um what made you want to go into the army i just wanted out of of the small town you know what i mean and uh i was kind of headed down the wrong path and I and I, I knew that I was either I was probably going to end up in jail or dead um, and I just felt like that was my ticket out you know what I mean I didn't have money for college um, and so my dad was a marine my brother went in the army and, and it looked really cool um, you know it looks it's like a lot of things the army looks really cool and from the outside looking in, you know what I mean? The uniform and all that shit looks rad. And then you get in there and uh, you're doing push-ups in the snow and suddenly it's not so fucking rad and the uniform sucks all of a sudden. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought it would be cool. It wasn't, but uh, you know, that's sad. But yeah, it is, it is interesting because, you know, being on stage doing comedy is f the most terrifying thing I've ever done. You know, it's... Um, you're in the lion's mouth up there. There's nowhere to hide. And uh, now, did you say you've done comedy? Yeah, I used to do it back in the day, a couple of years ago. Just like, same thing. It wasn't more like a, to try to gain a career out of it or anything like that. It was more just, it was a fear I had. And I wanted to start like beating that and getting into like, just learning how to like converse in front of people like a lot better. And um, yeah, it feels good once you, you walk through that fire though, doesn't it? Oh man, it's crazy. Because you come out alive, you don't feel like, all right, I didn't, I didn't fucking die. I'm all right. I went up there, I ate shit, but who cares? Like, I feel better and yeah. feel more confident going back. And it's, it's nice, man. I haven't gone in a while. I'm, it's been like at least like, I put it on the back burner for like a year now at least. So it's I'm reconsidering, but, uh, you know, it's fun. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to going back if I do. It's fun. You're in the lion's mouth up there for sure. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Um, what was going to ask about the army? I was going to say, oh, did you think that actually had any like, uh, like help on your comedy do you think like well one like the harshness obviously makes you funnier but do you think like all the discipline you learn do you apply those practices to like your comedy by any chance you know what man um god it, it was so long ago that i was, it was like a different lifetime ago yeah. um 
I think the discipline always, you know, stays with you, but, um, to be honest, I probably could be more disciplined with the comedy. It's, it's, it's so interesting how much I don't like to write. And it's so important to write comedy and to, to be up there reworking these bits and jokes. It's just so damn important, but it's so arduous. And I just, I don't know why. And I, 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 I don't like writing. It's uh, so I need to apply more of that discipline, I think. So I'm glad you brought that up. Maybe I'll um, take the soldier's approach. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, it's it might turn out all right. I mean, that's what I saw your post that you put up recently about uh, Willie Barsen on him and him like writing and all that and how important it is. And man, that dude's a fucking legend, man. He was on our podcast too, and it was it was crazy, man. He's a beast. He is a beast. I mean, he's my my mentor, my coach, my friend. Um, joke for joke, man. I mean, that guy. I put him up there with with any comedian. I mean, he can hold his own. He he's he's funny i think he's pretty underrated i think that uh i feel like willie should be a big star i mean he's that good he's he's got his his material is just genius you know what i mean and he's taught me how to write and he pushes me to 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 work that guy works um it's it's really interesting you know i i i, I find myself confused by it because everything i've ever done when i was in radio when i was in records you know i ran a record label i ran the promotion department for stony creek records i mean i i, I uh the, from the army to to everything i've done i've had a really strong work ethic and then i get into comedy and it's hard to push myself to have that same work ethic i i don't understand it it's not it's not that I'm lazy. Um, I can't really figure out what it is, man. It's like the high you get, a lot of jokes sometimes I build them, and I'm, I'm sure all, a lot of comedians do, you build them on stage, you know, while they're happening. You say something different that might pop in your head or whatever. And that's the fun. That's the writing I like to do, the creating in front of the live audience because you're getting the feedback right there. And it's just so hard to sit by yourself and write a concept and then by the time you take it to the stage a lot of times it's like what the fuck was i thinking why did i think this was funny no one no one cares this is actually really stupid <laughs> um, so i don't know why i have I, I i i can't seem to find that same work ethic with writing jokes man i mean i, I don't know i think i think a lot of it has to do with some people are just good at working hard with direction like, hey, go do this, go do that. And you're like, all right, no fucking problem. I'll take care of it. And then, but when it comes to like working hard with creativity, it's so much, it's so much more draining on your brain that just even the thought of it is overwhelming. We're just like, fuck, I got to sit down and be creative. Like, son of a bitch. And like, I need energy. I need this. And then as soon as you like write one thought, you're like, oh, that, as long as you take one time to write, write a little bit of thoughts, you get, you're hooked. As soon as you especially write a bit that you're like, you're kind of curious about. And then three hours go by and you're good. But just, just starting is just fucking difficult, man. That's a great point, man. That must be what it is because, you know, like in the corporate machine, you got deadlines and meetings and phone, you know, email up the, you, you've, you have to, you know, you have to get in there and, and fight your way out every day. Uh, and then when you're, when you're working for yourself and you, you're, it's like you said, it's a creative thing. It's like, you, you gotta, you don't, can't just find that zone. You know, you can find a work zone where you are just grinding you can't always find a creative zone. I think you make, you make a great point. That's probably what it is. So maybe I should stop uh, beating myself up for being a lazy piece of shit. 
(laughs) If you aren't your harshest critic, then you aren't doing it the right way anyway. So you're on the right track. That's a good thing. Um, What's it like to be on both sides of the aisle? I would say like you've already been on the label and you know what it's like to work on that side. We're on the corporate side. And what's it like to be now a person who's working with them now? Like, you know, like you get to see both differences, in other words. Yeah, man, that part's been really bizarre um, because I I signed a record deal with my former label, uh, (laughs) BMG Nashville. And so I went from being an executive at the label to an artist on the label. Um, and they're a music label. I'm their I'm their only comedian. Like they're they're just starting to stick their toe in the water of comedy. Like it's like, well, we'll see how this works out. Um, and then maybe you know maybe they'll launch a comedy label or they'll sign more comedians. So in, it, unless I just completely fuck it up, and then you know, uh, not only will I not have a deal, but no one else gets one either. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's been kind of weird because now I'm one of the artists, and uh, it, it's strange man i went back and hosted their big cma party in nashville uh at the beginning of november and uh being there as an artist when i used to go to this party as as one of their executives was a trip it was hard to it was like what what is this this is yeah this is life man yeah it's it's wild that's awesome man for sure man i mean um I don't even know what this means, this record deal that I have. Uh, you know, um, people ask me what it means, and I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should have read the contract. <laughs> you and Aerosmith, everyone's fucking signing crazy contracts and shit. I love it. <laughs> fuck it. You know? Yeah, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> you, you know any hot spots in Nashville? Our producer over here is going to be over there for New Year's. Oh, man. Everywhere Broadway. Broadway's a zoo, but, I mean, it's it's the strip. You know what I mean? Um Got to go to the Gulch and you got to go to Midtown. All right. I just wrote that down. Hell yeah. <laughs> are there, are there a lot, a lot of, of trouble to be found in that, in that town, man? It's a hot spot. There's like <laughs> seven girls to every guy there. Oh my God. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Now you're ready to go. Look at you. <laughs> I'm going to leave early. <laughs> Hell yeah. So what, so where'd you start doing comedy? Did you start doing it back home or were you like already, um, like on the road somewhere else or move, did you already move out of Arizona? When did I, how did I start doing it? Or when, like, when did you start doing comedy? Dude, I've only been doing comedy a couple of years. That's crazy. No Fuck. Way. <laughs> I know it, 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 it trips people out sometimes, man. Um, Willie loves to tell people that. Cause they're like, what? Get the fuck out of here. You know, they're like, you're lying. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I mean, but to be honest, man, it's Willie. Willie took me under his wing. Um, he's just a brilliant coach, but he's hard, man. I mean, the guy, he's broken many men trying to, you know, uh, he, he's definitely not for everybody. And him and I have almost thrown down a few times. But uh, <laughs> honestly, dude, I started doing open mics right before the pandemic. Um, and uh, Willie had me open a show for him uh, in Vegas at the LA comedy club. And then literally took me out my second show ever. I was featuring. He just threw me in the deep end. Yeah. And I didn't know, I thought I was opening again. We were going up to Washington and he goes, Hey man, you're featuring. How how much time do you think you can do? And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm featuring bro. (laughs) I've done one real club. Uh, and even that just went okay. You know what I mean? And uh, he's like, well, you better start writing. 
I was like, bro, the show's in two weeks, man. What, I, 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 dude, I barely had 10 minutes at the time, right? I was up there telling my jokes all slow, <laughs> taking big long drinks off my beer. Like, how the fuck am I going to get through 20 minutes? <laughs> you know? Um, I think I told a couple of them twice. <laughs> uh, but I got through it, you know? I, 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 I'll, I'll never forget that weekend because it was like, the first time that I had a great set and I just felt I floated off stage. I was on cloud nine. I did three, three nights up there and I shit the bed on two of them. But, uh, one of them, uh, I, I started to figure it out and, um, yeah. So not long, man. I started doing it in Nashville when I was still working for the record company. That's crazy. That's like, um, it was like uh, Dean Delray. Dean Delray always mentions that too, how he started super late. I think like in his 40s, like late 40s or 50s. And that's he's me. Been it. Late 40s, man. Uh, I was just like, fuck it. I'm not getting any younger. This has always been my dream. And, and like, you know, I'm, I don't want to be a coward and like, um, like not to not do it out of fear is just pathetic. And I would never be able to live with that, even though. I knew it was getting to the point where I was going to have to live with it if I didn't do something soon. So I called Willie, man, and he was like, hey, I'll help you. But and, and, and Willie and I have been friends. Willie worked for me on the radio back at CBS. Oh, OK. 20 years ago up in Sacramento. So I taught him radio and then he taught me comedy. Um, but see, 20, 20 years ago in radio, Willie used to come in my office and him and I would talk shit and I would always, you know, fuck with him and he he was telling me 20 years ago he's like bro you're a comedian man you you've got to you know you got to do comedy bro you got to let me put you on stage you got to let me like work on you bro like you're 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 a comedian and and uh, I was like yeah whatever man uh, at the time I was I was happy doing radio um so anyway finally when I was like I I'm going to do this shit I called Willie and uh he, he was like all right bro I'll teach you but you're going to pay me. <laughs> He's like, you're my friend, but you're going to pay me. A, you'll take it more serious if you're paying me. And B, I don't work for free. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. And there's, and you know, Willie would, Willie would only take someone under his wing if you knew they're, if they're fucking talented, man, which clearly you are. I'm sure whenever someone has that mindset, like what you said, where they're like, if I don't start this now, then I'll fucking regret it. It's always because they know subconsciously that they're talented at something and it's like now you feel like you're wasting something and i'm sure you've been told your whole life that you're funny it's not like just someone just randomly told you like oh yeah i guess i you've probably been told that your whole life that hey you should do this you should do this i'm sure that's you know part of your story too yeah people have been telling me that my whole life and um you know my comedy came out in the radio quite a bit but um yeah, I used to sit in my room and listen to Sam Kinison records and 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 um, and Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and all that when I was a kid and just fantasized about you know being up there on that stage and doing that. And Sam Kinison was my guy, man. I mean, I was obsessed with that dude. Um, and so the the dream was always there, you know. It was always in the back of my mind. It didn't just like late forties, I'm just like, Oh, I think I'm going to go try comedy. No, it was always what I wanted to do. It just, I just drifted away from it and sort of was like, yeah, that's just a fantasy. You know, I'll never, I'll never figure that out, but I, it just never would leave. That thought would never leave. And then, um, 
one day I call well when Willie was like, I got the spot, man. We're gonna go to Harvell's in Long Beach, the Tuesday nights. Do you ever go there on the the Tuesday night like workout night? No, never have, no. Yeah, they do comedy there on Tuesday nights. Uh, John runs a little workout room, you know, and you get seasoned comics coming down from L.A. working on new material. You get, you know, um, new guys that are just trying out. You got middle of the road comics. You got all kinds of comics in there on Tuesday nights. And so Willie was like, let's go. Uh, I got the guy. I got the spot. Uh, I'm going to go down there, you know, come to my house. We'll do some writing. So I gave him my, my ideas and we were kind of working on some, some premises. And he says, man, we got to go down to, to Long Beach. And I said, all right, listen, I'll, I'll go, but I just want to watch. I want to take it in. I want to see how it all works. And then we'll go back next week and I'll go up. Like, I want to really, you know, think about the jokes and I just, I want to take it in. That's how my, my mind works. And Willie's like, ah, oh, fuck you, you fucking pussy. You need to go up. I was like, no, dude, I, I don't want to, man. Like, let me go take it in. So we go down there. I'm sitting there drinking a beer. I watch like two comics and John Benitez, the guy that runs the room. The, he, you saw, you know, John? You yeah, saw, yeah, yeah. I saw him do that. He was hosting, right? Yeah, he was hosting. Yeah. He, he hosts the Tuesday nights. He comes up to Willie. He's like, all right, man, is your boy ready? He's up next. And I was like, oh, you got another friend here, Willie? <laughs> He's like, no, fucker. He's talking about you. <laughs> I was like, I, I'm not next. I'm not going up next. And John's like, yeah, bro, you're up next. And I was like, man, fuck you, Willie. What? He's going to, no. I, he just, he, he, and then he's like, you said you wanted to go up, bro. You said you wanted to go up. And I was like, that's not what I fucking said, man. That's not what I said. And Willie's like, oh, fucking pussy. All right, fine. I'll go up. <laughs> I'll, I'll go up and work on some new shit. So Willie goes up there. He's not even prepared. He starts just trying new jokes. You know, he fell on the grenade for me, basically. And while he was up there, I was like, all right, this is, this is ridiculous, man. I mean, one, at some point, I'm going to have to do this shit. So I went to the bar and, and slammed two shots of tequila. There it is. And when Willie came off stage, I was like, all right, I'll go up. And so he called John over. He's like, hey, man, can you can you squeeze him in in another comic after the next guy. John's like, all right. And so after the next guy, I went up there. Um, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, and I was scared shitless. I still have that video. I watched it the other day. I couldn't even hardly watch it, man. It just hurt to watch. Like, it's like, God, how can you be so bad? <laughs> but, uh, but I did scratch out. I managed to scratch out a chuckle or two from the audience. You know what I mean? Just, just, just enough that I could hear a couple people laugh, and that's all it took. I was like, "Oh, I'm hooked. This is all I wanted." Like I knew right there. I was like, "No turning back for me," because you know, that first time is really like when you, if you can stare it down once, then you, like you said, you get off stage. You're like, "I'm not dead," you know. Uh, I sucked, but I didn't die. And oh, so yeah. I'll go suck again until I figure this shit out. <laughs> it's fine. I'll do the same uh, tormenting process with my producer. Here. Well, whenever we go to bars and stuff and I'll just, he doesn't like, let's not, go, let's not go talk to those chicks. I'm like, all right, we won't. And I'll just go straight up to him when he's not looking. And I'm like, hey, I go over there's into you. And as soon as we uh, come back, I just throw him right into the no, wolves. And he's like, what the fuck's no. going on? It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't say I let's it. not go talk to him. I say, let's come up with a plan. And then I turn around. You're already there. I'm like, oh, shit. 
Here we go. Well, <laughs> fuck a plan. Hopefully he does better with the chicks than I did my first time on stage. I'll tell you that. We always blow it. We never do well. It's all right. You know, but fuck it. You take chances. <laughs> you got to, man. <laughs> got to. Did you have um? Did you have a tough time finding like a, like your voice? I know comedians always mention that a lot where they say like their first couple years. Um, and maybe this is for younger comedians more than it is for comedians that later on in life. But um, you spend like a little bit of your early time, not like co- like copying or mimicking people, but you definitely like are so inspired by them that it kind of naturally rubs off on you. And it takes you some time to find your voice and comedy. Did you like kind of find that right away? Maybe because you're right in your, you know, so like in your forties already and it just kind of came natural to you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I remember Willie telling me, he's like, dude, it takes, sometimes it takes comics five or 10 years just to learn how to be themselves on stage. And, and um, yeah, I did find that, you know, you subconsciously or accidentally will mimic. Like I, I would sometimes catch myself uh, sort of emulating Willie's cadence a little bit uh, or other comics that I, you know, you know, because I, I, I watch a lot of comedy because um, you just learn so much watching these guys, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it, it, it took a, a while, but see, here, here, so even though I'm, I've only been doing it about two and a half years in stage time, I've been doing it probably five, six, seven years because, because I had Willie, Willie was telling me, he's like, dude, the, the boot camp that you just went through the last three, we, we, we started doing a midnight show in Vegas three days a week and we did it for three months. So we were doing every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, midnight in Vegas. First of all, Vegas is one of the hardest cities in America to do comedy. Midnight, you got the drunks, you got people passed out, you got the hecklers, you got sometimes you got nine people in the room and no one's laughing. Sometimes you got a hundred people in the room and it's fire. You know what I mean? You never knew what you were going to get. But for a new guy, you know, because I had Willie, who's a 35 year vet and, and a, a beast and a, and a, you know, very accomplished comedian. I mean, we, we'd film it every day. We'd go over my set. He would tear me apart, tell me why I was fucking terrible to, you know, make me feel like I need to quit. I mean, he would beat me up, you know, like you ever listen to Felipe telling stories about Willie back in the day. He called it. He's like, Willie was, a, he's like the guy I came up with was a comedy bully. And uh, he, he has some funny stories. And like, uh, I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Felipe and I have something in common when it comes to Willie, man. <laughs> um, but anyway, my point is a lot of new guys, you know, you spend years hosting and then you're, you're, you're opening and, and then you're, you know, doing what, you know, whatever. And, and so, but I went to Vegas and with Willie for three months, we're doing three days a week. And I was doing everything from hosting the earlier show. I was like host the six o'clock show. I would guest spot the eight o'clock show. And then I would feature the, the, the midnight show. And sometimes I'd do a guest spot on the 10 o'clock show. Um, because Matt, the booker at the, that club, he's just a really cool dude. And he believed in me and he gave me tons and tons of stage time. So anyway, my point is, in actual years of doing it, yeah, I've been doing it like two and a half going on three years, but in stage time, it takes comics, you know, seven years to get that much time. You know what I mean? Like, so as far as minutes on stage, I've clocked a lot of, a lot of time. I'm so, you know, I'm, 
Definitely. Uh, I, what the fuck was the question? Why am I? What, I, I went off on a rant. <laughs> was it was it hard to like find your voice? Like, uh, or did oh, you? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I did struggle with that. And then I found it in Vegas. I remember when it started to click for me and when I started connecting the dots of how to be myself. And like, you know, one of the things Willie taught me early on, one of the first things he said to me is like, whatever you do, man, do not ever go up there and try to sound like a comic. Don't go up there and sound like a comedian or what you think a comedian should sound like ever. And so I didn't really do that, but I would be very monotone and not very animated. And, you know, it was just words, you know, and, and funny stories, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't me. He's like, man, you just gotta be Byron. Like, he's like, when you're telling me these stories in the car, you're like, and then when you tell them on stage, you're just like, you know, and so it was the midnight shows where I finally learned to not get rattled and get all fucked up when no one was laughing because, you know, there were a lot of nights where we're sitting there in front of 12 people and no one's laughing. I mean, and, and it helped me to see Willie go up there and, and sometimes Willie would struggle and Willie's a beast, you know what I mean? And so I was like, okay, it's not just that I suck or that I'm learning, it's, it's that this is a hard room, but uh, that, that hard room, and I wanted to quit. And we had a few openers and hosts quit on us because it, it's, it's really, was really, really, really hard. There were times I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want to go up at all. And then uh, one time Willie said, you know, you're making this thing bigger in your mind than it is. Just talk to them. They're just people, you're in a room with people. They're not an audience. Like when it's a small crowd, because you know how it is. Like the smaller crowds rattle me more. Yeah, for sure. Than the big ones. I'd rather do 500 people than 15. Yeah, it's less personal. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, it's, yeah, not near as nerve wracking. So anyway, when I finally got comfortable being uncomfortable, you know what I mean? Like, once I settled into that and I'm like, you know, I can stand up here and be uncomfortable. And, and, and it's, you know, I started taking more chances and I started like literally sitting in the, in the uncomfortable, like if I said something that didn't work, I would just sit there and just, um, just feel it for a while. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. purpose. And I'd even tell them sometimes I'd be like, man, this is really fucking awkward right now, isn't it? I was like, <laughs> why don't we just sit here and feel this for a minute? And I started getting braver about that shit. You know, I was like, yeah, fuck that joke. It sucks. But, you know, you're stuck with me now. What are we going to do? We just, I just, they're looking at me. I'm looking at them. And I'd be like, let's just sit in this awkwardness for a minute. And that's when I started to become myself on stage is, is allowing myself to, to, push through those tough crowds, man. Those small, we're tired and don't feel like laughing and you suck crowds. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's like really unique that you and uh, Willie have that connection because you rarely meet comedians who are like newer in the business and talking five years, five years and below who look at bigger comics and want to like find their patterns like you said you watch a lot of comedy that a lot of people don't like to watch comedy because they're like i don't want to steal anyone's bits i don't want to do this but you're looking at it as a, as an aspect to learn and then you have someone like willie who loves to teach 
who loves to give back to the new guys. So that combination is just filthy, man. Like, and you got some, you guys both work hard, you know, and it's, it's, it's going well, man. Your guys' show and I'm thinking Harvell's was fucking killer, man. That was, that was funny as hell, man. Dude. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's been a blast, man. I'm blessed to have him. Um, he, he's, he's a hard coach, man. And he's made me feel like I, I need to quit many times, but it's, it's paid off, I think. So, you know, I'm glad you enjoyed the show though, man. It was, that was a fun night. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was man. Where are you guys going to be next? Uh, we are going to be at flappers in Burbank on Friday. Um, and then, uh, he's doing the LA comedy club in Vegas the week of Christmas and I'm doing it the week of new year's. Fuck yeah, man. That's awesome, dude. I love uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's coming together, man. You know, I think we're a pretty, we're pretty, pretty fun little, little duo, you know? Oh, I'm telling you, man, I've, I've seen a lot of comedy over the years, either at the comedy store or flappers or, or fucking anywhere. Laugh factor, man. That was one of, one of the best shows, especially cause it's small and intimate, even better, man. Like it really kills. It has like that New York vibe. That's a good club down there, man. That is a cool club. I love it. Yeah, dude. Super cool. Remind me of the comedy seller a little bit, but, um, yeah, man, it was an honor to have you on the show, man. I'm fucking, I can't wait to see what's uh, coming forward for you, man. It's going to be a, it's going to be a quite a ride to see you uh, keep going forward, dude. Dude, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed being on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, brother. Do you have any uh, social media? You should go on Tuesday night. You should go on one of the Tuesdays. Do, do a little stand up. Yeah, yeah, dude, seriously, man. I've been busting my, I've been, this whole last like two years has just been, I just want to buy a fucking house. And like, just try to be an adult for a little bit. And then I'm already regretting all my adult decisions. I'm like, I just want, I should just go back to comedy, have a fucking good time, man. You just said it, all the stuff that you, you got to take to the stage, man. You know, the stage yeah. is waiting to hear about all that fucking adulting crap, buying a house. Exactly, man. Exactly. I know. Y'all got to take your advice. I'm going I'm to do it, man. I'm going to start. I'm not going to, or I'm going to stop fucking around. Yeah. Hit me up, bro. When you go, man, I'll, maybe I'll make it up there. We'll, uh, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll kick some premises around or, or at least we'll, we'll go up there and take our lumps. Plus yeah, a hard man. room on Tuesday. Fuck yeah, man. Sounds good, dude. Do you have any, uh, social media for anybody? Uh, Byron Kennedy comedy. That's me on, uh, IG and, and TikTok and my website as well. Byronkennedycomedy.com. So I'm still awesome. trying to embrace the, all of this uh, social media. I suck at it. So. <laughs> me too man trust me don't worry about yeah, it don't, don't judge me by my lack of followers <laughs> same here don't judge us by our lack of followers same shit uh, it's tough for me but what are you gonna do yeah, exactly thanks again man for coming on the show dude i appreciate yeah, it bro thanks for having me i appreciate it and there it is ladies and gentlemen our interview with comedian byron kennedy thanks a lot for coming on the show man it was a blast dude I'll definitely uh, take you up on your offer to go do open mics over there in Long Beach. Fuck it. The people been asking. They haven't. I'm delusional. But what are you going to do? Um, for all of you guys that weren't listening, I put all of Byron's social media in the podcast description. So go check out his Instagram. Check out uh, Facebook, TikTok, whatever the fuck he has. And I also put his website where you can see all of his tour dates. In fact, this is getting released today, Thursday, December 16th. And... He will be playing tomorrow at Flappers in Burbank, Friday, December 17th, with Willie. So, you guys got to go to that. How the fuck are you not going to go to that show? Are you fucking stupid? Whatever. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys later. Peace.